Welcome to 2020 and our first Sweat and Serve episode of the new year. We had the chance to chat with Michaela Coleman about our recent trip to New York and her interest in food, which kind of dates back to a childhood fancy for PB&J, believe it or not, and it's blossomed into some neat culinary creations for her team. Meek is now a junior and shares some great perspective on playing under Ronnie Fisher and kind of the close-knit nature of this team that you guys see on a day-to-day basis. So we hope you enjoy our latest conversation with Michaela Coleman. Make your dad played college basketball. Yes. So at Thanksgiving, how do the pickup games go and who wins when you guys get after it? Well, my dad, he, he makes up his own rules like along the way. And so eventually he ends up winning, of course, you know. And um, my brother tries to get in as well. So it's kind of like one-on-one-on-one. And <laughs> it's a pretty funny game. It's a pretty good game. Now, yourself, you're a good defender, yeah. so I don't know if horse is your strength, Yeah. but is like 21 the game where you just always win? Yeah, 21 is the game. 21 is the game I, I win most of the time. If my dad doesn't win, of course, if he doesn't make any extra rules up. <laughs> Meek, you told us when you were a freshman you were a big foodie. Mm-hmm. So two parts to this. One, has that stayed the same? And two, what's the favorite food you like to make? Um, yes, that has stayed the same. Um, my favorite food I like to make, well, it's, this, it's called chicken spaghetti. And we make it all the time. It has, like, we put Velveeta cheese in it and chicken, a little bit of green peppers and red peppers. Um, sometimes we put shrimp in it oh. just to, like, you know, spice it up a little bit. But it's really, really good. I have the recipe on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have one of the old flip books that uh, is no. laminated and everything? No. No. Keep it on my iPhone. I guess here's my other question, then, since you are younger. Did you have a flip phone? And do you have any friends who had flip phones growing up? Surprisingly, my first phone was a BlackBerry. There you go. It was a pink BlackBerry Pearl. But all my other friends had, like, the flip phone or the the juke, the little slidey phone. And, um, yeah, you know, the photo quality wasn't that good as it is now. (laughs) But, yeah, we we made it. (laughs) Make you're from Crew, Virginia. Yes. A little small town a couple hours from Bowie's Creek. So... When you came to Campbell for your first recruiting visit and all that stuff, mm. was it familiar to home? What was that trip like for you? Um, coming here wasn't much different from where I used to where I used to go to school at. Um, it was kind of small and cozy. And, you know, people were, were friendly and familiar with each other. So coming to Campbell wasn't really much of a transition per se. It was more of like going from home to home. Not to reveal any trade secrets, but was there a spot they took you for like lunch, or where did they show you around town? Um, well, they took me to Moe's, and then they took me to this steak place. It's called Heath's. Oh, okay. It's in Dunn, and that was oh that yeah, was right off the good. highway there. Yes, nice. yes, it was really good. It was really good. I got a nice steak and some mashed potatoes, and <laughs> I had a nice dinner. It, it may not be the Chili's pregame meals, but it's pretty close. Right? Yeah, yeah, pretty close, pretty close. Uh, Meek, if you had the chance and obviously no budget in this question but you could pick your pregame meal for the squad where are you guys going mm, i would have to say olive garden olive garden well i don't know that's a good question you had the freedom to choose and you chose olive garden yeah, uh, no offense i mean that's a good <laughs> good place but i feel like you can get that anytime i don't know i'm thinking well 
I'm going to just say, let's say Cheesecake Factory because that's oh. some good stuff. Now, that have. brings up a great point because in New York, we had the chance to go to Cheesecake Factory. Yes. So, what did you order and what did you get for your pie afterwards? Um, I ordered this pasta. It was kind of like an Asian pasta. I forgot what it was called. But my cheesecake, I had, it was a Reese's peanut butter chocolate cheesecake and it was so good. It was so good. It's a shame this is a podcast because now you're getting me hungry <laughs> to eat this food. But is, that sounds fantastic. It is delicious. It was delicious. I would definitely get it again. Had you ever been to New York before? No, that was my first time. When you guys got off the, the plane and right in the bus, there were girls standing up and looking around as you're going over all these bridges. I mean, what's going through your minds as you're driving into town? I Well, first, it was the Alicia Keys song, New York, like Empire State of Mind. And then um, we rode past the Empire State Building, like literally right by, and I was trying to look up, but as I looked up, it was so tall that I couldn't see the top of the building. And I was like, we're really here. Like, this is what we see in pictures. This is what we see in videos. Like, we saw um, the Men in Black, one of the... um, one of the places that they vi- that they went to, and I was like, wow, we are really here. <laughs> we really made it. <laughs> did you get a chance? I know we got some free time after the Rockettes. Did you get to see Madison Square Garden at all? No, no, unfortunately I did not. But I did. we did see um, Times Square, and we took a whole bunch of pictures there. It's like daylight there, like even at like nighttime. I was going to say, who took the most photos of your girls? <laughs> That's a close one. I would say Lauren McNamara. She she's like a photogenic person. She loves taking pictures of like whether it be like the road or like the signs or whatever. She's really um, like a photo person. A neat part of that trip as well, just for me, I love musicals and I love performance. And seeing the Rockettes was kind of neat. Cause it's something you hear about growing up, yeah. but you never get to see it. What was that like for you? That was an awesome experience. I really didn't know what I, what to expect. And then I saw, well, the Rockettes was great. And then we saw the, the military men. I really don't know what they're called. But there, that was awesome, too. It was just overall, like, it was like an American experience. Like, if you think of America, you think of New York, you think of, like, the Rockettes and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. I know for you, too, that trip had to be great because it kind of rivaled the Boston trip yeah. from the year before. And you're a big Celtics fan. Yes. So, you know, Adam Sergein helped us get tickets to that game. And I, I can't even imagine what was going through your mind when you're walking into the garden yes. and seeing that all unfold. Oh, my gosh. I was like... This, oh my, God, I don't even, it's no words for you, that. You and Alicia wore jerseys, right? Yes. To the game? There was, there are no words for that. I don't even know. It was like a, just an experience. Just to be there and experience like the history. You see the banners up in the ceiling and you see the actual court that they play on and the players. I'm like, Kyrie used to be there, you know, they trade so much. But seeing, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Kyrie Irving. It's real life. <laughs> and just seeing the crowd and being just in that atmosphere, it was a great experience, a really good experience. I know you've mentioned you're a big Kyrie fan. Are there any other NBA players you grew up kind of idolizing? Um, well, Rajon Rondo. Um, I also like Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Um, and also, I think I like LeBron a little bit. But now, you know, LeBron's an icon, so. How does a girl from the middle of Virginia fall in love with the Celtics? So close, uh, I don't even know. I think I just, well, my brother, he had this game. It was 2K, and I, I would always pick the green team for whatever reason. And I was like, hmm, I think I like this team. Let me look them <laughs> up a little bit. And so, like, from from then on, I was like, okay, I like the Celtics. And my dad was a Lakers fan, and so we always went back and forth. 
I was going to say, is it more <laughs> the antagonizing your dad or yeah. the colors that you liked about the Celtics? Yeah, yeah. It was probably both. Because, <laughs> gosh, you were you were born in what, 90, na- 98, 99? 99. Okay, so you were, you were relatively young but still knew about when the Celtics and Lakers played recently yeah. in the finals. So yeah. house divided, how does that all f- unfold in that seven-game well, series? My dad and I sat on separate couches, and, you know, when we scored, he got a little upset when they scored. I got a little upset, but in the end, as long as Boston won, he I was happy, and the house was happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's kind of neat, too, because you guys all grew up as a team. The mm-hmm. last couple of years, you've been to the Dominican. You've been to, to Puerto Rico. You've been on these grand trips. Yeah. Give us a sense a little bit from you guys. Like, What's it like when you're seeing it all unfold, and you're going to these neat adventures and different games and, and kind of all that different stuff um, yeah it's a really for me it's a humbling experience because I know like not a lot of people get to do what we do and being able to play the game of basketball and go on these experiences just to get exposed to different things going to the Dominican and being able to serve and play those games and then going to Boston and being able to experience like the Celtics and all we did over there and then going to New York playing Hofstra and experiencing Times Square and, and the Rockettes. I mean, it's not something you do, like, every day. It's, it's a really cool experience, and I'm really grateful for that and being able to do it with them because they're pretty cool people, too. It's crazy to think that, and I believe this was your first game as a freshman when you guys went to Kansas Yes. and got to go to the Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, yes. I mean, the history of that arena is enormous, but mm-hmm. just from your guys' perspective, when you're playing in the game. I know you didn't win, but we'll, we'll erase that from yeah. memory for a second. <laughs> But you're on the court. You're getting ready to go. I mean, what's going through your your mind at that point? At that point, well, being a freshman, I was like, first, please don't let me mess up, Lord. I'll be <laughs> please. <laughs> and then being on the court, I was like, this is what I see on like ESPN. This is what like my family and I watch at night. Like my my um, my teammates from high school and my community at home was watching, and I was like, wow, this is this is a pretty pretty awesome experience. And just being on the on the floor was exhilarating because you know I mean not a lot of people get to do that and I was like I'm here it was like a so last year this team gets red hot Mm -hmm. in the postseason right you're playing Longwood it's the fourth quarter and it's a tight game yeah so give me a sense when you guys are huddling up how you overcome all that and get all the way to the finals well um well we know that number one we're like the youngest team in the league and so we realized that um, people would kind of underestimate us and people kind of – but people kind of knew that, like, this team's pretty young. They're in the rebuilding phase. But we knew that in our minds, like, we're, we're a team and we're bigger than that. We were able to overcome these obstacles and whatever, whatever we have in front of us. I mean, and that's what we did. Um, you know, a lot of underclassmen really stepped up to the plate and – the seniors and the juniors, they we all they all got it together, and you know, going to the finals, even though it wasn't the outcome that we wanted, it gave us more um, ammunition and more motivation to what we do this season. We were obviously there, but we didn't get to be in the locker room when Ronnie starts dancing and you guys break out into dance uh, at the the high point or at high point, but mm-hmm. for the Hampton game specifically. Yeah. Uh, what fueled some of his dance moves, and what did you think? Oh. Just kind of watching that. <laughs> Well, um, I, I think I have to take notes from Coach Fisher when it comes to those dance moves. And um, just being able um, – I think we, we beat Hampton at home. We lost to Hampton away. And so this was like, you know, third time's a charm. 
and it's anyone's game and we really just came out there with like a fire and a fury to us and we really we really played our game and it, and it showed when you guys are driving back from the Radford game, I know you're upset about the loss. Mm -hmm. and you're not sure about postseason and, and stuff like that. What was that first conversation like when you're consoling your seniors and just not saying, hey, we got this group. We know we're coming back next year. Get ready for the next season. Yeah, well, um, you know, Caroline Bounds and Alicia, they were they were awesome leaders. And so for this to be their last, last go around, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing. Um, but we told them that, like, you know, we're going to make sure that that we get the championship next year and, you know, um, we're going to do whatever we can. And whatever we do is for, is for us and then it's for those who came before us. It's got to be neat when you get to this point in the season. You're, you know, next year you come off a good postseason and now things are starting to click mm -hmm. for the group. W what do you think allows this team to have that chemistry, if you will? Um, well, first off the court, I mean, we're always together. Um, if you see one, you usually see about six more of us. And um, just being able to have that type of chemistry off the court, I think it, it's easy to translate it on the court for all of us. So it's pretty nice. You personally, you know, we look up everyone's Twitter and Instagram to tag you guys in posts and at Michaela, which <laughs> I love the name, first of all. Uh, I, I literally see on your in your Twitter, it's like everything's Campbell retweets, yeah. you know, or funny gifts or funny TikTok videos. Are there other sports that have kind of impressed you when you go and watch them? Like, man, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, well, let's see. I'm, I think sw swimming is I, I can being fast on land is one thing. Be, being able to tread water fast that's another thing, and so that that gets me. And then um. Let's see. What's another sport? Well, I, I I like track and field too, obviously, and um, football. I love football. Basically, any other sport because I know that it's not easy, and I know that it takes a lot to get to where they are now, and so it's it's really awesome seeing all the other sports doing what they do. It's neat because you were a multi-sport athlete in high school, and a lot of kids are mm -hmm. before they go to college. Did you ever have aspirations of trying to compete in certain track and field events? in college um yes I think well basketball was my first love and then track would be like a really close second um I ran the 400 and the 800 I tried long jump didn't work out but I stuck to my 400 um I if I could do uh, an event it'd probably be the 400 in college I was gonna say how does track speed because in basketball it's a lot of back and forth yeah and, and movement how does that speed translate to basketball well, um, transition um, is kind of—it's not easy, but just being able to get up and down the court and beating the defender down the court to get those easy layups in transition really helps. And then, um, you know, just defense kind of track is kind of footwork, I guess. And so, just being able to stay in front of the defender and um, being able to close out and being able to guard your man. It was interesting, and I believe this was in the Kennesaw Greensboro game, but early in the year. Late in the third quarter, you got a layup with like a second left mm -hmm. in the third quarter on the clock. It, it was a crazy play because there was a rebound, a loose ball, and you guys were all running around. <laughs> when, when plays like that happen, how do you keep your composure and, and able to you know finish it off and score? Well, first, I'm not thinking about anything, and I'm just like run, 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 run. And Shy Shy's drilling the ball down the court, and I'm like Shy, Shy. I don't think she knows how much time is left on the clock. So she passes it to me, and I'm like, Lord, please let this go in. <laughs> and it went, and I was like, yes, 
Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so it literally sometimes is the old just turn the brain off and, and operate. There's yes. not too much overthinking. Literally, yes. How does that work then when you have a, a coach in Ronnie Fisher who we see very hands-on, he's very tactical, there's a yeah. lot of X's and O's. How do you guys manage that as players? Well, once once you get the system down, it's basically like you just do – you, you play to your strength, and once you play to your strength, there is no thinking to it. And so I think the hardest part is probably getting the system down because it's a very complex system. But um, once we get it down, I mean, it's like one, two, three, A, B, C. Do you guys have nicknames because, especially last year and even this year, it was kind of a line change of players where, you know, four girls would come in, four or five would come out. Do you guys kind of group yourselves as different uh, units? Kind of, sort of. It changes. The thing is it changes like every game, so – like the 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 five the the first five and the second five they it kind of alternates depending on like which game we play or what what who our opponent is and stuff like that so not really not really i was gonna say the clippers use that moniker on twitter all the time they're like oh here's the first five Mm -hmm. the second five you're right it really could be especially over the course of a season yeah 10 15 different lineups yeah how much fun is that for you guys where you never you kind of <laughs> know who's going to start but you don't really yeah, you know don't really know until like the practice before the game and you're like oh like interesting it's like, wait a minute <laughs> it's just like different <laughs> different like different what's it called i don't even know what the word is right now no sure different expressions <laughs> Uh, what game has been the most fun for you to play? Obviously, when you do well, that's part of it. But just an experience, an atmosphere, the, the whole nine yards. Um, well, education day, obviously. I mean, playing in front of all those kids and just, you know, being in that atmosphere. They, they love it. We love them. And being able to interact with them on the court. Um, I like that game. And then the UNCG game was also a really good game. I like that one just because – we knew that we had the lock-in. UNCG is a really good team, and we knew we didn't, we couldn't come in there thinking that you know we were just going to take it. And so, being able to lock in for those few days before the game, and locking in for the day of the game, and doing what we needed to do to, to get the win, really was really like a really good experience. I don't see many basketball players at Campbell or kind of in the Big South who wear headphones or Beats before the game. So, mm-hmm. how do you try to lock in before tip? Um, well. I don't really do much. I take a nap, <laughs> and then I wake up. I really don't get locked in until about when we say the 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 national anthem, and I say a quick prayer, and I get myself together, and I, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. How much fun is it for you? Obviously, you pride yourself in defense. Mm-hmm. You're not someone who's going to score 30 points a game, Yeah, obviously, but – when you get a steal or when you limit someone in points, that kind of seems to fit Ronnie's system here as we sit in the locker room yeah. looking at a picture of him. But uh, for you personally, I mean, what's that like when you can say, hey, my job's to lock down such and such and maybe they don't have a great game? Yeah, I mean, as long as I do my job, I know that I make a way for somebody else to do their job because, I mean, it's simple. It's, I do my job and I know my job and I do it and, and everybody else does their job and they're doing it and we're able to secure a win. Unfortunately, Michaela, you know, there are great times in basketball and there's times to learn. And for you personally, uh, going through an injury here recently mm-hmm. uh, in the Wake Forest game. And I'm kind of curious just how the last couple of weeks have been for you interacting with teammates mm-hmm. and just their experience, maybe trying to help you through it. As you know, you won't be playing for this year, but just a chance to get your body right and get yeah. ready for next year. Well, um, my teammates have been very um, uplifting 
and very hopeful throughout the whole process. Um, personally, for me, it hasn't been. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to going out for weeks or months like this. But um, they've always, they're always like, if you need anything, just let me know. Um, they're always adamant about me not walking too fast or doing something crazy. But um, yeah, they they're with me like the whole step of the way, and I really appreciate that. As you're kind of watching, you're still traveling with the team and watching the games. Is there something maybe you've noticed from this perspective that's a little different from when you're locked in and playing every night? Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny to see it from like a not necessarily like a spectator point of view, but like just sitting down. Like I feel like I'm able to analyze it more and see what we need to improve on and see what we're doing well. And I, I think that's a great um, mindset to have sometimes when when I'm in this predicament right here. Who is your favorite player to watch on the court? That's a tough question. Um, I don't know, because it could be anybody's game any given day. Um, I don't know. I think Haley Barber is a really good player, and Nani's a really good player. Shy, Shy can ex- literally explode at any moment. Like sh- I remember she she had like a bucket of points in, within like a few minutes, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Something you could dream about. Yeah. Because I know, you know you average five or six points a game. But yeah. You can't drop 20 in your sleep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Shai can literally drop 20 in her sleep in the first quarter. <laughs> My final question for you, Michaela. Uh, since you are now getting closer to being an upperclassman, mm-hmm. the career continues on so far. What has stood out to you about your Campbell experience here the last couple of years? <sighs> well, I mean, I'm getting to know, like, a lot of people who aren't athletes. And I think it's a really – it's, this place is like a really cool place a lot of connections that you wouldn't even imagine I mean we're in rural North Carolina um we're in the creek I mean I go out some places and I, I have my Campbell on and they're like you went to Campbell my sister went there a few years ago blah blah blah, blah. and I'm like what Campbell's really getting out there and it's really cool to see Campbell growing um you know we have the student center going up and that'll attract more students and I, I think it's a really it's a really neat neat place that I would want everyone to experience. I guess you don't have much purple or green left in your closet <laughs> no. after going to Campbell. No, not at all. No. 